Hey there, podcast listener. Steven here from the podcast you're currently listening to. You ever heard a podcast and think, I can do that? Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can't, or maybe I can help you get started with it. Hosting is the most expensive cost you'll have in a podcast, and that's why Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast. Really, they have everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's hosting, you can distribute your podcast to other listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. And if you think you can do a better job than I, record a podcast right now. There's very low risk involved. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to the Lazy Geeks Network. Move your fan a little bit away from the mic. Suck my fans, dig. <laughs> <laughs> Not even called. <laughs> it might be uncalled for, but it's relevant. Uh, welcome, everybody, to the Lazy Geeks podcast here on the Lazy Geeks Network. I'm Stephen Vargas. I'm Daredevil. I'm Howard the Duck. <laughs> Howard the Duck. <laughs> and Daredevil, let's see. I'm Adam Riley. I'm a combination of Daredevil and Howard the Duck. That just means I'm a blind shake. I'm a blind duck. <laughs> so, so, so when Howard, Daredevil Howard, um, has to use his sonar ability, he has to quack, quack, <laughs> and then he's just fucking. It goes do 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 do. And every time he takes down like the mafia, he is always he always complains about just wanting to go home. <laughs> The whole fucking time. Until he's fighting Kingpin and then the, there's that, you know, when there's an epic fight and then they kind of pause to take get, catch a breath. Oh, right, and right. Kingpin's like, this is my city. And how Howard just goes, I do, keep it, dude. I just I just want to go home and watch TV. Like, I don't want to fuck around. He's like, this is a god shit. Like, I'm out of here, dude. I got time for this shit. <laughs> Slap some girl on the ass as she walks by. I was going to say, god, I love that character. Passes her secretary, his secretary and is like, hey. I've been cracking open because I, I got that Howard the Duck omnibus. I've been cracking it open, just laughing my fucking ass off. The, the old, the classic comics are. I mean, you say classic, but it's like the end of the seventies, early eighties. It's fucking just so good. Like, <laughs> like they're stupidly funny, and then they have um, uh, like you have to kind of know what was happening at that time, but they, they talk about, he always talks about how society's all fucked up because people are stupid. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is pretty much, you know, that works. That's timeless. Yeah. That's, that's hum- humanity's stupidity. It's timeless. Yeah. It's a, it's a timeless commentary. I mean, that's just how it works. <laughs> if you have a spare hundred dollars, I suggest you go buy the Howard, the duck omnibus <laughs> because it's worth it. Maybe it's Maybelline. Wow. Yeah. Maybe she's worth it. Motherfucker. <laughs> anyway, I heard that you went somewhere that we're going to talk about later, or maybe not, because I'm <laughs> reading. So there was a trailer that came out. <laughs> Shit. As you come here that Howard the Duck, I'll be confused. <laughs> See what happens when you talk about Howard the Duck and then suddenly you just can't read. I have the strangest erection right now. <laughs> Is it really strange? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't strange the first hundred times. <laughs> he closes the omnibus on it and just kind of rubs it. 
That's right. Oh, I, did, I will leave with this because we're not talking about Howard the Duck at all in this podcast. Um, I was talking to somebody. <laughs> I was talking to somebody about Howard the Duck, and I was explaining to this was at work. Someone noticed I was reading a comic book, and they they said that they liked the Guardians movie. I said, yeah. And I was like, um, it had, one of my favorite comic book characters, Howard the Duck, it was cool. They snuck him in at the end. And they go, yeah, but that character's dumb. And I'm like, you obviously saw the movie then? And <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, that, that comic is really stupid. Like, why would you care that he's even there? And I go, I have one question. Or he said he, it wasn't important. I said, I have one question for you. He says, what? And I'm like, have you been in a Marvel movie? <laughs> and he goes, no. And I'm like, well, Howard the Duck has. <laughs> So he's more important than you. <laughs> then, some, then suddenly some guy came up with a box. You opened it up. Oh, pulled out the microphone, dropped it. And left the <laughs> he, hand, he handed it to me. It was a UPS guy. He handed right. it to me. And I go, oh, thank you. I signed for it. I carefully opened it. I picked it up, expected it, and then fucking dropped it on the floor. <laughs> and I didn't walk away. I just continued reading my comic book. <laughs> Bitches. Oh, man. Uh, so... <laughs> No, no, no real transition from that. So in the in the in this new all Howard the Duck podcast that we got going. <laughs> oh Jesus! Howard the Duck news only. <laughs> it's a companion series to our Star Trek one. <laughs> yeah. All, all only Howard the Duck, starting with issue one. <laughs> uh, so this week has just kind of been just like a nerdgasm all weekend long for uh, steve because <laughs> i've just you know been working and doing homework as so. have i i've been working too but uh right so on thursday they at uh, the start of star wars celebration which was out here in anaheim uh during the first panel before the actual convention opened they had a panel where J.J. Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy came out and uh, basically spoke about the uh, the new Star Wars movie. And at the end of the uh, the panel, released the second trailer, the second teaser trailer for it. Um. Oh man, that was cool. <laughs> That's it's like it's there's really not much to say about it except the fact that it was actually. Really cool because you got to one see a lot more. Um, you got a lot more locale, you know. You the uh, the one planet that had that star destroyer kind of like that was that's it. a cool little image, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's such a. It's like you look and you're just. It really kind of reinforces like fuck the empire fell. Yeah, you know. Um, and then of course you got to see the new characters, but what was really cool is hearing Mark Hamill's voice doing that kind of altered version of. The uh, force is strong in my family. Yeah, and uh, you see, like I didn't know it was him at first. Yeah, because it it sounds different, doesn't it? You almost kind of expected to be like. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, that's the problem. That's how I'm, see. I I was born in the eighties, and the end of well, the middle of the eighties. So like Mark Hamill to me is a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> He's a hero. Second, <laughs> right? Uh, and then the end with. Harrison Ford and Chewbacca coming down there, and he's like, "Chewie, we're home." It it was one of those moments where you're kind of like, "Stupid." <laughs> I saw I, I saw that part, and I was like, I was like, I know this is gonna tickle fucking Steve's gonads just to see these two standing <laughs> in a room together. <laughs> it was cool. I mean, the trailer was badass. They're de- they're definitely um, really making a point saying, "Hey." Special effects are pretty badass in the 21st century. And you know what you notice, too, is it doesn't look overdone. Yeah, it doesn't look fake. It looks like it's legitimately happening. Yeah, one of the cool things was in the panel, they were talking about the visual effects and and talking to J.J. Abrams, saying that he used a lot of practical effects. Of course, at that moment, like, the audience went crazy. And uh, he um, he was like, well, for me, he goes, it's better. He goes... Yeah, I kind of went retro because that's how the original films were done. He goes, and there's a certain look that you get with them. He goes, and he goes, and when I go into the editing editing bay, he goes, for me, I can see what it looks like without having to wonder what it's going to look like when it's done. Yeah. He goes, plus with the actors, it's he goes, it helps the actors out a lot, gets them into the into the story more, and uh, so 
I thought it was really, really cool. Um, I enjoyed the trailer a lot. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know. Well, I really, I, I, I honestly, I, did, I wasn't, I know a lot of people online were worried about all oh, the special effects going to look overdone and stuff. I wasn't worried because I knew it was Disney. I mean, if you, if you look at Disney's track record, like even the Pirate of the Caribbean movies, like just sh- shit, it, it doesn't look too much. Right. But it's still impressive. Right. You know, it, it looks legit. You know, so it's um, I wasn't really worried about that. I don't know why people were. People forget that Disney is a is is a legit company. Like, they're not fucking um, some out of a back of a trailer company. <laughs> well, yeah, but the the thing was is because of the way the prequels looked, they looked yeah, so artificial. Because the prequels were <laughs> a waste of fucking time. Yeah, the only the only part of the prequels I liked was the end of the third one. Starting at, <laughs> you were the chosen one. <laughs> oh, that f- that fight with the with Darth Maul was kind of dope, though. Yeah, that that was always that for me was always really cool. <laughs> the, the part that hurt me the most was, um, again, you're breaking my heart. You know, <laughs> <laughs> fucking crazy. But uh, yeah, you know, just the scope. Why is Natalie Portman everybody's bitch now too? Like, she's. Going out with, or she's she was going out with um Anakin. Now she's Thor's fucking squeeze. <laughs> I mean, the chick went to Harvard for Christ's sake. She doesn't have to be everybody's hoe. Yeah, I know, right? Um, well, you know, all the rest I'm going to say about the the trailer is just the fact that it's it it has a mood to it. It doesn't look very. It doesn't look clean and fresh like the prequels did. Um, it definitely has a little bit of scope to it, which I think. It looks real. Looks it, like it's, yeah, it looks yeah. all real. It looks all part of the same universe, and and so, I'm really really interested to see how this turns out when it comes out in December. I think that was the worst thing, visually for me, was just the level of gloss on the on the prequels because yeah, it looks so coo- clean and yeah, just- the coolest thing about. The coolest thing about the older movies is the attention to detail to say the ship has been around the block. Right. So it shouldn't look like it just fucking came off the assembly line. Right. And everything in the prequels look like it was brand fucking new. Yeah, exactly. The yeah. director was acting real fucking brand new. That bullshit. <laughs> and now you can see like when they're they're flying um they're flying around and shit. You could see like just the, the minute details that you could tell that ship's been through some shit. Right, right. You know? And that that stuff counts. It does because it it does give it a uh, it does give it a different layer, and you know, and that's part of what made the original trilogy looked good because it was all kind of you know old shit like built from you know the the rebel the rebel alliance itself looked like it was just kind of put together with stuff that they had you know this is what it doesn't let's make it work it doesn't look like they're doing what they did with star trek where they're making the ships look super modernized like everything looks the same yeah which i think is perfectly fine yeah you know and and um that was one thing about star wars though it didn't look it didn't look like it was in the 70s it didn't look like it was in anything really yeah maybe the hairstyles a little a little bit but even then you know it still could you could still kind of get it out it's like it, it still had that kind of timeless kind of da, 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 <laughs> gotta admit though when that music keys up that kind of that generally that I definitely might, is i might start getting a little bit more into star wars with these new movies i just missed it yeah you know i was just too young i wasn't too young for star trek you fucking <laughs> force fed it to me um yeah so so. I heard something. I, I heard not everything in Star Wars <laughs> is the shit, though. Yeah, no, it's shit in this particular aspect. Um, Char Jar Binks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Char Jar Binks of celebration. Um, now, on their website and everywhere else was saying, like, hey, Star Wars Celebration, be sure to download the app and you can see the panels and the layout and everything. And yeah, it, it, it had a good promise. Now, the thing was, is I downloaded the app on Thursday because I was going to the event on Saturday. So I go, okay, cool. So I kind of got familiar with it. Everything worked when I was at home. I got to see the panels, what was coming out on Saturday and, and all that stuff. Get to the, get to the site. Okay. Open it. 
start to try to look and go, oh, wait, it's stuck on Friday or Saturday. And then hit Saturday, and then it crashed. So the actual time at the event, every time I tried to open it, it crashed. And I was like, this fucking sucks. <laughs> so it's good if you're not at the event, but when you go to the event, don't expect to use it at all. That makes sense. Yeah. You know, I was like, what the fuck, dude? And yeah, the app just kept crashing on me, crashing on me. I was like, oh, this is so fucking lame. And it was just the whole the whole morning leading up to that was just kind of fucking insane. But that's another story for another time. Uh, but yeah, so uh, they announced that uh, Celebration will be in London in 2016. And tickets go on sale Monday. <laughs> Well, today when this podcast airs. It's the new Comic-Con. Yeah. Well, it is. It's a yearly event, but it's anywhere, everywhere around the world. Yeah. yeah. That kind of, that's kind of nice, though. Because you, have, you don't have to admit it, but you have an excuse not to go every year. Yeah. So then when it does come to your, your town or whatever, you, there's, a, there's a sense on why you need to go. I think they should be crafty and just have it random fucking locations sometimes. Like have it in fucking like Piedmont, North Dakota. <laughs> just for no fucking reason. I know. Like, I know. Poughkeepsie. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, what the fuck is it even there for? Is that even, that's not even real. That's a Star Wars location. It's in the middle of the Grand Canyon. <laughs> it's just latitude, latitude, longitude. Yeah. This is even a city. <laughs> it's just a spot in the middle of the desert. It's on a random island in the middle of the Pacific. <laughs> Sells out in two minutes. <laughs> oh, so totally. Uh, all right. So we got a lot of stuff in the news section, or at least a lot of stuff we want to talk about. Yeah. So might as well jump right into it. Ooh. Yeah. So in movie news this week. <laughs> so everybody remembers that there was a big IMAX event that was, that's slated for Monday or when this podcast airs today um, for people waiting to see the first teaser trailer for Batman v Superman, the legal action. Um, now, <laughs> a, now what happened was on... I was always partial to Roe versus Wade, but... <laughs> I was actually more partial to Brown versus uh, the uh, oh fuck what school district? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, you fucked like up. Yeah, I can't remember the fucking school district. Um, and uh, so on Thursday, just Brown versus Board of Education. Board of Education, that's right. Yeah, at least they got Brown. That was. I didn't. I didn't look that up. Just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Google. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so on Thursday. Uh, trailer leaked uh, it was obviously not the American or English leaked version because it was uh, Spanish subtitles well because also in America a trailer like that you'll get fucking shot if you yeah. videotape it <laughs> right it's illegal like you could you could die <laughs> <laughs> you go to Guantanamo Bay <laughs> and so the trailer was leaked online really kind of shitty copy but saw I saw it we chose. So we we chose. I chose at least on my on my side. I don't know about Adam. Uh, I chose not to put it up because I figured it'd be down by morning. No, I did. I I um. That was one of the reasons. But then I was like, man, I, I'm not gonna throw this shitty ass copy up. I'm just gonna wait till it comes out because it's gonna come out in a couple days. Right. So I thought at the time. <laughs> yeah. So Zack Snyder decides. All right. Fuck it. It's out here. <laughs> so on Friday morning after. In the afternoon, after the whole Star Wars buzz had come out, Zack Snyder, through his personal Twitter account, released the trailer for Batman vs. Superman. In Snyder, the Snyder's the big boss, huh? He can do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah, I'm sure he got the okay from Warner yeah. Brothers. Yeah, uh, you to go kiss some ass real quick. Yeah. Like, okay, go up to Warner Bros. Oh, can I do it now? <laughs> <laughs> um, but now? But the trailer got released this week in all its HD glory. Uh, Batman... Uh, I I was impressed with it. I mean, overall, it looks cool. Heavy CG, obviously, but uh, I don't know. Some people, I I don't I don't think I was totally blown away with it. I think it was just the aspect of seeing the two shots of like Batman facing off with Superman. I think for me, like when you peel the hype away, because I'm obviously I'm I'm a big DC fan, you know, and and. I just seeing I, I've been wanting to see the new Batman, 
So seeing that was a big deal. And I think that's the highlight of the trailer is, is you, you, you don't see him from much, but that's kind of the, the first half of it is some stylized stuff. Right, kind of, kind of hinting towards the story, which for some reason everybody's confused, and it's really not that fucking confusing as to what's going on. I know, I people. Are... We know this is the thing. We know Lex Luthor's in the movie, right? We know he does not like Superman. We know why he doesn't like Superman, and all of a sudden there's some people that are being told that Superman is a bad guy. I wonder who's doing that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, come on, guys, and friggin'. They get to the Batman part. You got to see the Bat plane. You got to see the Batmobile. Um, that Mecha Bat suit. That Mecha Bat suit, which is dope. And then a lot of people are like, oh, why is his voice so mechanical? It's like, because he's in the Mecha Bat suit. <laughs> the fuck is wrong with you people? People, this don't, one, people don't, like, don't pay they, attention. They want everything served to them. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I, I remember somebody said, Marvel trailers aren't this confusing. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Are you are you really fucking kidding me? <laughs> Have you watched an Avengers trailer? <laughs> like the first the first trailer of any comic book movie makes no fucking sense usually. Oh, yeah. Unless you're like a deep fan and you're connecting the dots. The only reason I know what's going on is because I know what happens in the comic book. You know, and I know Zack Snyder's a big fan of the books. Yeah. So you can you can kind of tell what he's doing. Well what so, cracks me up too is like people are taking stills from it and they're like trying to dissect it, trying to find like like uh, oh, the, the the question mark. Yeah, the, I'm like guys. <laughs> the one that's confusing the fuck out of me, and I'm like trying to figure out where these people are getting it from, is the is that a is that a, a gravesite for uh, Dick Grayson? Is like is that the the bats the Robin in the case? You know, and I'm like, and they they have this they had the picture, and it's the one still from where it's the lone shot of Ben Affleck just staring. You know. Um, well, he's supposed to be listening to Alfred's words and stuff like that. And there's a little square over him at some looks like a wall or a case. And they're like, could it be? Is it that? Is that it? And I'm like, where are you even getting this shit? Like from the information that we're getting from that one image, it, it could be his fucking dinner. Like, yeah. you, you know, you have no idea what it is. That's the problem, though, is when you get something that's so, so iconic, so loved, and people have been waiting so long for information, and you give them a little fucking just the tip tease, <laughs> they start seeing things that aren't really there yeah. because they want more information, but it's just not fucking there. You yeah. know, like there was a still of um, briefly Batman standing in a, and uh, it looks like like a rundown parking lot or like under a bridge or something. And you see, like, it's all this graffiti everywhere. There happens to be a question mark. So, the Riddler? I'm yeah, like, yeah. I was like, what? The Riddler is not the only human being that knows a question mark exists. <laughs> and also, this movie is not about Batman's Rogue Gallery. Yeah. Suicide Squad is about more about Batman's Rogue Gallery than this movie. Yeah. I you know. know so, when I, I saw that, I was like, is it, I'm like, oh, my God. Stop reaching people. You know, you 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 reach too far, you're gonna fall right off that fucking ledge. Exactly. You know, but I I thought the trailer, for what it is, it's the teaser trailer. It's the first trailer. I thought it was it was it gave a lot more than most teaser trailers do. Yeah, especially the whole the whole voiceovers of you know people, you know, unsure about Superman's motives and yeah. being the you know obviously the legal the alien. You know, the false god over yeah, the, the statue. False god over the statue, and, and, and we can we can tell too by the trailer that because of <clears throat> because of what Superman did, um, saving the world from Zod, there's obviously kind of a cult following going on, yeah. and, and um, he's being praised, and and that's always been like that in the book. He's had statues in Metropolis and stuff like that. And P- and all the soldiers were bowing to him when he right. walked when he was walking down the thing. We also know if you know from the comics, Superman does not like that. Yeah, he tells people to cut it out. Like he doesn't like to be praised in any way. Yeah. So I think the fight at the end, and in typical Snyder fashion, there had to be a badass fucking line. Yeah. Like and that. Do you bleed? <laughs> you will. Like I was like, Ooh. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I think that I I think that is. Batman is being Batman and he's collecting information from everywhere and he does not know yet if he's a good guy or a bad guy and if if um, Luther's doing what Luther does best 
he's probably got most of the world thinking that I bet you some big catastrophe happened and Superman's being blamed for it. Probably. Something like that. Because that's been done in the book so many yeah, times. And you notice there was no Luther in the trailer, so Yeah, because then it would have been too fucking easy. Right. Then you then everyone would have known what was going on. Yeah. And now the morons are clawing at fucking question marks and and silly shit. Yeah. You know, but whatever. Let it, let everybody have their fun. You know, it's 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 not that big of a deal. I think the biggest thing for the trailer though was we got to see Batman. He was moving. <laughs> right. <laughs> and we got to see him in his main suit and we got to see him in the in the mecha suit. We got to you see, gotta, we got to see Sad Affleck. You, yeah, that's true. You gotta admit, when he was coming out of that plane wreck, he kinda oh. had that look like somebody talking shit. Yeah. Like he we can tell that Batman don't fucking play. In, right. the, in this movie it's not going to be a, well when have we ever had a happy-go-lucky batman but it's it's not going to be a um adam west batman <laughs> well yeah but i think that bale was much more not sappy but much a little bit more emotional yeah. about it you know he had he, he played more into the emotional side of batman i don't think affleck's doing that yeah i think he's just like I'm protecting everybody, whether you fucking like it or not. Like that, that man. I want that Batman. I like. I, want, I like the voiceover of Jeremy Irons as yeah. Alfred. You like you're hearing that. I'm like, oh, that's Jeremy Irons. I'm like, ooh, yeah. you're getting that. You're getting that that the topical lesson from Alfred. I think it was dope. I think it yeah, was the jewel the size of a tangerine. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was dope. It wasn't the coolest trailer I've ever seen. It could have been better. Right, but it's the first trailer. The movie yeah. doesn't come out till next summer, for Christ's sake. Yeah, We're gonna see so many fucking clips from this movie. We wouldn't even have to watch it. Right. Look at the fucking Age of Ultron. I feel like I've already seen the fucking movie. Ah, uh, there's still quite a bit of it that it's giving you a lot, but at the same time, it's like variations of the stuff you've seen. Did you see the recent clip where um, it's like a clip, and it's it's Ultron is talking to Iron Man. And and he says like, um, oh, you're breaking your old man's heart. He's like, oh, you yeah. have to. I think the best part of that clip is real quick is when um, what the fuck is the witch's name? Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch. She she goes, oh, we will. Like yeah. that look on her face. I was like, what the fuck is that really? What's her name? Because every time I see that actress in interviews, she always has this dough look on her face, like, "Oh, we're gonna do this movie, and it's gonna be really great," you know. And then she just looked like a evil bitch. I was like, "Oh <laughs> shit!" Talk about acting. Yeah, that's Elizabeth Olsen. That's the the talented um, of the Olsen kids. <laughs> I'm the, telling you, right the, the, the non-twin. <laughs> I know. I remember when I wrote that article and I kind of referenced her as one of the twins because <laughs> it was like three in the morning. And then I was going to I was going to retract it. And I said, no one's going to notice. <laughs> I don't fucking care. Uh, but yeah, I know she looked kind of a. Oh, yes. This is a time where I go ahead and lay out my plan for you. <laughs> yeah. and, oh, because I really did want to take the time to lay out my evil plan and then punches punch them. Yeah. I was like, oh, that was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm definitely. Going I, to lo- see that. I love. I love. I love where we takes those like moments and just like yeah. fucks with it. He takes those moments and he he makes fun of the irony that we're seeing, right? You know, and he, he used to do that with Buffy all the time, and all his other shows too. <laughs> anyway, anyways, um, I might catch that in IMAX. By the way, Batman and and the fucking event. I'm from now on. I'm seeing all these movies in IMAX. <laughs> Fuck it. IMAX 3D, motherfucker. <laughs> um, so I don't have a story today. <laughs> Big shock, right? <laughs> um, I have been watching uh, iZombie. iZombie it, it airs on Tuesdays, and its sixth episode will be – should be out by the time this podcast comes out. Shouldn't it? When's this podcast come out? Monday. Oh, okay, so it's not. Um, it comes out <laughs> tomorrow. Um but I've watched the first five episodes. And the stupid thing is when I started watching, it's like, oh, cool. The first season's done, right? No. I didn't realize that it just fucking started. Yeah. So I started watching it. And, and I'm, always, I'm always cautious with a CW show. Especially a CW show that is on a comic book. Because Smallville just scarred my life. 
You know, I, just, <laughs> I didn't know. And iZombie is such a strange comic book. Like its premise and, and everything. So for those who have no fucking clue what I'm talking about, iZombie is about... Uh, it's it's this chick. I have this up because I never remember names. Um, Liv Moore. Funny. Duh. Uh, Eliz- I see what they did there. Elizabeth Moore. Liv Moore. Right. Um, she's played by Rose McIver, which, by the way, not too bad on the eyes, gentlemen. And some, la- and some ladies. Pale. A little pale. Well, you know. You see her, you see her fully alive for a little bit. Um, see, it's funny. You see her fully alive, smoking hot. Then she goes zombie. And she, and then at first she's like, oh. And then after a little bit, you get used to that, and she's hot again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're like, so should I whack? Yeah, I'll whack shit. off to it. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I already have my pants off. Like whatever. Um, so she I'm goes already playing to, the Lionel Richie tune, you know? <laughs> right. So she, she's a like a medical student, top of her class, overachiever, great at everything, has this. The perfect fiance. Her life's going swell, is what they're trying to say. Right. And um, she gets invited to this boat party, and there's a drug. By the way, spoilers. Go watch the fucking show. It's, it's a TV show for Christ's sake. Give me a break. <laughs> um, the the zombie zombie thing is actually from a drug. It's a manufactured drug. I forget. I forget what they call it. And um, they're all doing this drug on this boat, and everyone starts turning into zombies. She didn't do the drug, obviously, because she's you know fucking perfect um she gets scratched and falls into the ocean and then she's in a bot wakes up in a body bag and comes out so the cool thing about this show is there's zombies but they're in a universe where zombies are in pop culture so they can make all those references to fucking night of the living dead and all that shit so it, ma- it makes it kind of funny nice. um but basically she doesn't have superpowers per se i mean she's a zombie all right so she usually she's normal very pale white hair but then she has this thing where she calls full-on zombie mode where her eyes go and it's the effect is actually pretty good for a tv show but her eyes go like full blood red and she's super strong the problem is is she a little dumb too because she's a zombie (laughs) Right. Zombie. Sometimes a homie needs to be like, "Hey, it's it's cool now. You know, don't eat me." <laughs> um, she needs to keep eating brains, or she will become progressively stupider and more aggressive, more like a zombie. Right. Um, but luckily, she's a medical examiner for the police department, so she gets brains all the time. Dead people coming in. She does the autopsy. She cuts out a chunk, puts it in the fridge. She mixes it with noodles. She fucking all types of shit, right? And <laughs> and she uses gobs of fucking hot sauce because as she explains, she can't taste anything unless it's scorchingly fucking hot. So, like, the amount of hot sauce makes you sick to your stomach when you see it. Like, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> the only person who knows she's a zombie is her boss at the mental examiner place. And he's, like, taking blood samples and trying to see if he can find a cure or whatever. When she eats someone's brains... She not only can see how they died, which kind of it's kind of a cop show in that way, right? Um, but she also gains their ability. So there's one episode where she eats the brains of this artist that got murdered, and she's a pretty cold and calculated person, like a science person. Right. But then all of a sudden she wants to paint, and she's seeing things like seeing things differently and more emotionally. And the cool thing about this is, is this is the thing: every episode's a different person, right? Mm-hmm. So she's essentially playing a different version of her character every episode. And and that's kind of how it's played out. The first five ep- – well, the first episode was a setup. But the, the four episodes after that, she's slightly different. Like there was one episode where she had to eat the brains of uh, basically a sociopath. It was a hitman. Mm-hmm. And she just started – she looked detached. She didn't care about anybody. And it was worrying her about not caring. And then the artist. And the artist one was funny because there's this part. This artist is a fucking douchebag. He's married to this chick. But she says because of his art, he needs to sleep with everybody around him. So he, he sleeps with all these models, right? So she starts thinking the models are hot too. And they're doing an interview. And she works with this cop who's like this slick dude, um, Detective Clive Babadu. Uh <laughs> And they're doing um, an interview with the wife and 
and the wife knows the model like they're friends like his main fucking hookup hmm. um, and they're doing an interview because the dude's dead and she, she's over there like looking at the model like hey <laughs> like kind of getting into it and shit and the cop keeps looking at her like what the fuck are you doing <laughs> it's a good show though i i was i'm not gonna go into it too much but i already have yeah I was gonna um, say. it's it's it was a pleasant surprise and it it is a good comic um definitely check that out if you're looking for a read but the show is it's you know a little heavy on the humor it's a cw show they try to keep it light um but it's um it's good. I mean, it has a really good good acting in it. Good everything. It doesn't have that cheese balls. I'm about to say, you know, <laughs> it's not stupid. You know, it's it's good. So watch the fucking show is what I'm trying to say. Is that what you're trying to say? That's what I'm trying to say. I realized that I was just going on and on and on, <laughs> and then eventually you wouldn't have to watch it anymore because I had explained every episode. To or at you. least the first half of the season. Right. Uh, it, so oh no, I jumped all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> now you're gonna have to put it together. Yeah, if you could sit there and take all your time to put the Superman, the Batman versus Superman shit together, you could put this together. Yeah, basically the Riddler is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the the Riddler is the whole source of all the problems. And just for clarification, iZombie is a DC comic book. Yes, it's not one of the Marvel shows. It's one of the DC shows. So, yeah. which is seems to be housing a lot of them on the CW. Yes. The CW, I don't know, it's weird. They're all over the fucking place. The CW has some, and who's the other channel that has some? That ABC, no, ABC, it's not ABC. ABC has the Marvel ones. ABC has Marvel because uh, Disney. Disney. NBC, or CBS, one of them, has the Gotham. That's Fox. Does Fox have Gotham? Mm-hmm. And then who's going to have Supergirl? CBS. They're all over the fucking place. Yeah. I'm telling you, five years' time, there's not going to be anything to watch or read that isn't comic book related. I know. <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> it really is. All right. Well, moving on into gaming news. So if you were lucky enough to see the reveal at the beginning of the live streaming event, or even more lucky to be in the room, you felt the chills and sweat of the debut of the trailer for Star Wars Battlefront. Mm, mm, mm. I had some expectations knowing that the world of Battlefield that has been keeping, you know, dice busy with that Frostbite engine, but seeing the game gave me chills and every desire to have a PlayStation 4 by the time the game comes out on November 17th. During the panel, Dice Creatives discussed that one of the stories in the game's DLC will have a connection to the Star uh, to Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Uh, the Battle of Jakku will be featured as the first downloadable content for the game around the time the movie debuts. Now, the reason this is significant is because in the trailer for the movie, there's a, a desert landscape that has a star destroyer crashed onto the planet. You're actually going. Uh, the part of the DLC is you're actually going to take part of that battle. Uh, the first DLC will be free when the movie comes out, and the planet will be featured that was featured in the trailer. However, if you purchase the game via pre-order, you will get the ga- uh, the DLC for free earlier on December first. So, that's pretty fucking cool. And if yeah. you ha- if you haven't seen the trailer for it, one, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, you need to go to the website, thelazyeast.com, and check it out. We have the trailer pretty, right there. It's a pretty lengthy trailer. Too. It is. It's like they're the, showing the fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> I knew it was Frostbite too because Steve Steve showed it to me and I was like, Frostbite engine? He's like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like, Frostbite, Frostbite. Yep. Well, because the thing was is that you because ha- it gives you the chills. It, like, ah. it, it does, dude. And it's just like the, you know, the way the bodies fall and the way the um, the adats move and all of that stuff. You're just like. It's Battlefield for Star Wars, and it's it's it even says at the beginning it's game. It's not gameplay. Right. It's, it's game, game engine, engine for which means that's what the gameplay will look like. Right. If they're just making it, they're showing you the most active parts of it. Exactly. So it's it, it's it's fucking breathtaking. Dude, it really, and I can't wait to throw it on my fifty inch on the PS4. Oh, baby. bad dude. I mean, ha- you know, the first the you know scene, the Endor battle was actually well, it's the the speeder bikes. When it first came, when they first came whipping by, and you're just seeing the way they're moving through the the forest, you're just like, "Fuck, dude, yeah. looks so clean." And then Hoth and uh, the tattooing landscape and stuff like that, where you're flying the X-wings, it's so fucking cool. Um, at Wonder, at um, WonderCon, at Star Wars, they had um, this whole you know EA setup 
where they were showing like footage from the game but off to the side they had a simulator where you actually got to put on like the x-wing vest and helmet sit into sit in a cockpit and then they used part of the game you know where you're flying the x-wing around and then incorporated you into the pilot seat so it looked like you were flying the plane. Did and you stuff do like it? That. I wanted to, but the li- all the lines were yeah. so fucking long. Oh when my. you get when you get a little older, you don't want to wait in like, line. You don't want to wait in line. Like you start going, it would be cool, but I yeah. could go sit down. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I'm fully in agreement with that. Yeah, you know, and I I was like, oh, that would be cool. And then they had these other uh, pod games where you, you would. It's almost it was almost like these afterburner simulators. You know, where you're sitting there and you're flying around and you go through these missions. You're either on a speeder bike and stuff like that. But it's the screen is up to your peripherals. So it's like all encompassing, you know, uh, vision and stuff like that. But again, I wanted to play that too. And then I was like, well, where's the end of this line? And it just went on forever. And I'm like, we ba- we, when we went to Comic Con, we bailed on the, uh, oh, the Big Bang Theory. Oh, right. Because a line went like out the door, around the building, down the promenade next to a lake like i was like what the fuck into the lake up over into uh escondido mexico <laughs> <laughs> they were they were illegal standing in that line they didn't know what the fuck was going yeah, on they were selling fruit all the time <laughs> hey it was good though to me. Yeah, yeah well i'm not i didn't say it wasn't i'm just that's one there. thing that's one thing i missed from la was those uh those <laughs> bags of fruit that you get oh right yeah. oh on the street corner those are fucking so bomb that, that dude knew me by name up spot. <laughs> uh but the game trailer looks fucking amazing and it's i plan to have my you know because like my my benchmark was like okay i'll get a ps4 by the time arkham knight comes out now it's like i i i want to get it by then but i need to have it before star wars comes out well you're trying to get that uh that batman bundle though because that ps4 looks yeah it looks ultra sexy so tell, tell us about a good way to be extremely douchey while playing this, Mortal Kombat. So this is the thing. I don't I can't speak for Steve, but I am <laughs> extremely excited about Mortal Kombat. I'm, I'm loving what I, I'm seeing. I, I almost want I almost picked it up this last week for my PS3, but I was like, fuck, I'm going to Star Wars. <laughs> it's like well, wait till wait, you, wait till you get the PS4 too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So you could play with me and I could teach you <laughs> how to get your ass whooped in the tent. <laughs> This no, um, <laughs> this bitch got jokes. <laughs> so I'm just going to read this article because I was a real douchebag when I wrote it, and it, <laughs> rightfully so. Um, this is one of those things you know will sell really well, but will end up making a lot of people angry at the same time. Have you ever felt like doing a fatality in, Mortal, in a Mortal Kombat game was difficult to pull off? Are you the kind of person that needs to instantly be good at something or you never touch it again? Are you also the kind of person that misses the point of a skill-based move? <laughs> <laughs> then come on down because the next bit's for you. For those that may be unaware of how a fatality works, I'll explain it. At the end of a successful Mortal Kombat match, you have a limited time to enter a series of buttons pressed exactly in order to have your character perform a special finishing move. They're purely for visual effects since you've already won the match, but it's a great way to rub it in your opponent's face. It's also a great way to show people you know what you're doing. Now, for a few bucks, you can get simplified fatality moves. Five of these will be 99 cents uh, USD each, each, while 30 will be $4.99 USD. Uh, spend a few bucks and you can pretend to be good at the game. The future, everyone. <laughs> Here, um, and also, uh, there's a, a short list of um, some cooler DLC where I said, here are some cooler and more traditional DLC packs you can purchase. Um, the combat combat pack, which is thirty bucks, um, four playable characters, including Jason Voorhees and Predator. I, uh, I if I got the game, I'd probably get that DLC pack. Yeah, yeah, and some skins. And, and you know, people are still complaining. Oh, we got to buy characters. Listen, DLC's here to stay, guys. Get yeah. used to it. You know, it's you don't have to buy keep, it. Keep in mind that before before the PlayStation Three and the Xbox Three Sixty, there was no DLC. Yeah, you played the game as it was, and people act like, "Oh, back in the day, they they put everything in the game when it came out." I'm like, I don't remember having this much fucking options back in the day. Mm-hmm. I'm adding stuff. Quit talking shit. I mean, um, I mean, I I do miss the days of those secret codes. <laughs> you know, I don't miss the days of writing down long ass save codes. 
playing playing fucking uh, Wall Street Kid. Wall Street Kid had the worst save code. They were like three fucking lines, sixteen characters each. You're like pound, <laughs> asterisk, nine. Like fuck this. Or on the PlayStation, you know, uh, triangle, square, 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 circle, square, square, triangle, 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 shift R one. <laughs> Tilt the controller to the right. X X L. It's ridiculous. Um, okay, so the next one was Goro, which is four ninety nine, um, and I just put Goro, and that's all that's needed. Um, Blue Steel Sub Zero. This is two bucks. Uh, you can play as Blue Steel Sub Zero. Um, <laughs> unlock all crypt items. Twenty bucks lets you unlock everything in the crypt without actually working for it. That's another kind of <laughs> cheaty thing. Right. Um, Samurai Pack, which comes with a bundle only, and it's just three new character skins. It didn't say what characters it was. Um, I may have shown a bit of disdain here, but this game looks aw- looks amazing. Now when you pull off that sweet fatality, you can gloat and say, no, kid, I didn't buy the easy ones. <laughs> and I'm going to uh, do that, too. Adam was saying before the podcast that they should denote in the game who was they using should. the cheat code. And or- it should be completely obvious. It should say, fatality. And then you hear, ding. And then at the bottom it says, easy mode. <laughs> Or, put, you, or just put Fatality with an asterisk next to it. <laughs> and you hear, you hear Shao Kahn in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Laughing at your bitch ass. Oh, man. It's sad. It's true, though. That will sell like fucking crazy. Oh, yeah. Because there's so many people that are just lazy. I mean, Mortal Kombat 10, much like most other Mortal Kombats, comes with a practice mode. Yeah. Take your sorry ass to practice mode. <laughs> And and you, this is how you do a fighting game, people. I'm gonna teach you, cause you know I'm an old school gamer. Steve is as well. I'm gonna teach these new kids how to play a fucking fighting game. <laughs> you pick your favorite character, right? You go into practice mode and you memorize every fucking move that character has. You develop it. You develop it. You develop your skills, and then you go whoop people's ass with it until that gets boring, and then you pick another character and right. repeat the process. Not oh, I I just want to press two buttons to do a fatality pussy. <laughs> I heard a lot of the moves are the same too, like the button combinations. Oh, I'm sure. I hope they let. I haven't played it yet, but I hope they let me use the D pad because that's that's keeping it old school, dude. <laughs> uh. All right. Um, moving into comic news. Uh, when Marvel began releasing new Star Wars character-based stories in February, it was unclear just how they would sell. Given that Disney is releasing the new sequel trilogy starting later this year, it seemed that Star Wars and their traditional superhero comics brought Marvel in for the win for the month of March. Princess Leia number one was the top-selling book of the month, which was followed by Star Wars number three, Guardians team up. Uh, Guardians team up number one came in third for the month, rounding out the top five was Spider Gwen number two, as well as the second issue of Princess Leia. Spider Man sixteen came in sixth with Howard the Duck number one coming in seventh. Darth Vader number three, which is a personal favorite of mine, came in eighth for the month. DC managed to get one title in the top ten, and it was a Batman title, of course. Batman Arkham Knight number one, which is based on the upcoming video game, came in ninth. Uh, came in ninth, and Amazing Spider-Man 16.1 came in 10th. It was a slow month for DC, but given that the Convergence event starts this month, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that pairs up with the conclusion of Time Runs Out, which is leading up to the whole uh, Secret Wars storyline. So I think with the start of that and Convergence, we're going to start seeing April get a little bit closer for both publishers. Because if you really look at it, there was nothing going on in March on DC side, mostly conclusions of storylines. But to just see one Batman title, usually you see more than one in a in there in the top ten. Yeah. Well, the the whole fucking DC universe is doing one thing, right? Which I mean, that happens in comics sometimes, but sometimes it gets kind of lame. Although. The second Convergence issue was much better than the first. I was actually interested I in what was going on. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I just read comics at work now. <laughs> <laughs> I read all of them. I'm just like, dude, dude, dude. He keeps so, it real. That's right. Sitting at break, people looking at me funny. Bitches. Why don't you go check your sports scores and fuck off? Bra. I'm going <laughs> to read, read this fucking Harley Quinn issue. 
Suck a fat dick. Did you like that meme I sent you? Do you even lift, bro? Yeah. <laughs> Superman lifting. I've been hashtag real talk. <laughs> All right. So starting a new business. I'm just going to read this one, too, because it's short. Starting a new business in America is the American dream that most – that oh, I put that's most likely copyrighted. Uh, but it helps when you have experience. A lot of businesses fail because the people that start them uh, start with just a dream but then soon realize they have no fucking clue what they're doing. Um, this isn't the case with Mike Mods who has decided to leave Marvel and start up his own company, Deadline Reports. Uh, Mike Motz has been an editor at Marvel Comics for quite some time now and has decided to throw his hat in the ring uh, with startup. Well, starter. What the fuck was I talking about? <laughs> um, Motz does have a nice resume to show off with work work on Guardians of the Galaxy, X-Men, and even DC's Batman. By the way, that's all comic books. I'm not talking about the movies. Of course, he because you know some people are like he worked on the no, motherfucker. They're they're putting up his IMDb shit, like, right? No, motherfucker, <laughs> stupid. Um, of course, he'd be he'd be handing his resume to himself. But hey, we should all love ourselves a bit sometimes. It's true. That's words of wisdom, really. Um, Mars will be and joining. He means love in any way possible. Any way you need, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mars will be joining with Marvel writer Joe Pruitt. And co-CEOs Michael Richer and John Kramer of Facebook and Reality Television, respectively, to start Aftershock Comics. Lee Kramer, head story analyst from Endeavor, will take on the role of president. And Jawad Kurish. Jawad. Jawad. That's his name. There's a J-A-W-A-D. Kurishi. Of SVP invest, investor relations will fill up the executive team because let's face it, you always need a suit. Um, <laughs> right. Quote I could not be more excited about my future and the creative adventures that lie ahead of me, March said on Twitter. After years of honing my skills at the two best publishers in the business, I am breaking to build a fun, safe, creative, and competitive new home. Some of those adjectives don't fit together. Um, Word on the street is Matt's left Marvel on good terms. It sort of makes sense seeing as Secret Wars will be starting up this summer and Matt's may just not be into it. <laughs> Can't wait to see what kind of content Aftershock Comics will be. Yeah, there's no there's no details on what he's doing with Aftershock Comics, what kind of comics he's going to be focusing on, if it's going to be superhero books or, or more of an indie feel to it. But Probably hey, man. More of an indie feel. Usually yeah. people that leave like big, the two, the you know, the big two, um, usually go to do a little more independent kind of stuff. And nine out of ten times nowadays, if you try to make a new superhero book and you're not Marvel or DC, it usually flops like shit. Yeah. Because there's so many fucking superheroes on Marvel. Flops like a limp dick. A limp old dick. <laughs> <laughs> Crusty. Graybush. Oh. Oh. <laughs> love 40. I love uh, <laughs> Grandma's Boy. <laughs> Uh, all right, moving on into technology news. Ah, Tinder. <laughs> when Tinder announced that they have integrated Instagram into their service, many sn- sites have taken a snarky response to the news. We will not be different. Because if you are one of those that doesn't take pictures of yourself on the service, potential suitors may swipe left. Uh, with the de- with the update to the app on Wednesday, free and paid users will be able to glance through your latest 30 pictures on Instagram. Uh, that is if your profile is public. If your profile is private, you can authorize it only Tinder to access your profile. However, if you have a private profile, it sort of defeats the purpose. The update will only work if you are as superficial to the pictures of um to pictures of yourself. If you take more pictures of uh, more pictures of your meals, friends, or pets, then it may not be for you. Facebook interests are also available, and that only matters if you update them. So, yeah, I thought that was funny too because I thought I go, oh, there's a lot of people that does um, <laughs> that take pictures of their food or you know other random shit. So I'm not exactly sure how that will work out for a lot. I of don't. People. Whatever. But then again, it is Tinder. <laughs> I feel I feel that Tinder is for a subculture of humanity that is so detached 
from normal human interaction that it's acceptable <laughs> to judge someone based on a picture and like two sentences worth of information. Right. Because any normal human being, and I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not judging much, but any normal <laughs> human being, I, I don't care how hot a chick is. I don't know anything about this broad. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I'd rather just meet her like outside so I can make sure she's not fucking crazy before I go talk to her. I bet and, and honestly, if you see a super hot chick on Tinder, let's be honest. If you see a super hot chick or a super hot dude on Tinder, there's one of two things is happening. One, they just want to fuck you. And if that's all you want, then great. Or they just want to be fucked. Or two, something is severely fucking wrong with them. Because if you have this, like, super hot chick, and don't believe that, oh, guys don't talk to hot chicks because, because they're, they're intimidated. No, they're not. Guarantee you they're not. Most of them anyway. So you have a super hot chick on Tinder. Something's wrong with her. Why, doesn't, why aren't the people around her in real life not trying to fuck her? Yeah. This bitch got, like, 80 cats. <laughs> her grandmother's buried in her basement. And she... <laughs> Keeps her toenails. I'm telling you, some creepy shit's going on. Wow. Anyway. Hey, man, you know what? I don't make the rules. That's <laughs> <laughs> just the way it is. <laughs> now, let me let me open this file. Excuse me. Technical difficulties here. Mm-hmm. I actually went to click for it, and I clicked the fucking X by accident. Uh, God damn it. <laughs> um, so we're going to end on a serious note here. Well, minus the this bitch, which is seriously fucked up. Um... <laughs> So NASA, in a, and I'm sure everyone knows who NASA is, in a recent budget proposal, um, what's his fucking name? Charles Bolden, the uh, administra- administration administrator. <laughs> yeah. And I even put it, it's it's National Aer- Aeronautics and Space Administration Administrator. And I put say <laughs> that five times fast. <laughs> Uh, Char- <laughs> I know. Charles Bolden uh, is very confident in his organization's skills, and he should be. Um, so confident, in fact, that in this recent budget proposal, he said that no one is going to Mars without NASA's help. Fucking Period. Mob now. <laughs> Period. It's like, you ain't going unless you go through me. All right, that's how he said it, too. So. <laughs> it was in uh, a dark room, pool of smoke, you know, sitting behind a big desk. <laughs> here's, 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 his, here's his quote. It's basically exactly what I just said. No commercial company without the support of NASA and government is going to get to Mars. I told you. That's what he said. He's so by guys that look like they were right off the Sopranos. Right, 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 right. <laughs> he was coming back from the fucking river and shit. Like, it was real bad. Um, <laughs> Bolden, Bolden went on to explain that humanity as a species needs to, quote, get away from being Earth-reliant. And Mars is the planet that is the most like Earth, end quote. I also added, let's not forget either it's her neighbor as well, which makes it (laughs) an even better candidate to focus on. Um, His quote continues, our ultimate focus is the journey to Mars and everything comes back to that, he said. So I'm just going to read these last bits because it's my opinion and it's quick. Um, Of course, Mars Mars as it is now is rather grim. A massive desert world void of any life or an atmosphere that we could breathe. However, evidence of water on the red planet keeps flooding in. Pun level, pun level <laughs> a thousand for that. Uh, with news as recent as last week of evidence for liquid water on the planet. It's also not hard to believe that NASA is holding all the cards for the trip to Mars. NASA has done the majority of the exploring of the planet. And they're not wrong in saying that a massive amount of funds is going to be needed to get there with current technology. NASA is already making steps in the right direction with the new Orion spacecraft, as well as all the data pouring in from the various rovers over the years that have done some looking around. The amount of information we have learned about Mars in the last 20 years outshines what we knew over the previous centuries by leaps and bounds. So, yes, it sounds kind of dickish at first, like this motherfucker, like, but he's, he, he's not lying. No. I mean, mo- most of the data on this planet, on Mars, NASA has collected. I'm not saying that the ESA hasn't done work. Everybody's done work, but as a collaborative effort. Right. 
NASA has done the majority of the work. NASA NASA has developed the only spacecraft that could go there. Right. No one else has a spacecraft that can even leave low Earth orbit. Yeah. Because of the radiation belt and what what have you. So NASA's the only one ready to go. Obviously. Not completely ready to go, but you know <laughs> what I mean. Right. You know, so you have these entities like Mars One, where you have these private organizations in there. People are sending in their applications to go to Mars, and it's a one-way trip, and it sounds real fucking romantic, and blah, blah, blah. They're never going to go. Ever. Right. Unless, unless they join with, a, a like, one of the world powers or something. But just alone, they're not going to go. It's, it's a pipe dream. One, they don't know what the fuck they're doing. They could pretend they know what they're doing. Yeah. And they might halfway get it right. But they're not going to get it right because they don't have the data. They, that's the whole reason why we send these robotic probes and shit because now we have information coming in. We know this and this and this and this and this about where we're going. Mars One team doesn't know anything that, they, that we don't know from watching the fucking news. <laughs> I would never get on one of their ships. <laughs> I know, right? You know what I mean? Because yeah. NASA is really the only one that will tell you the truth. It's extremely fucking dangerous. A select few go because they're highly trained. They know the dangers. But then you have entities like Mars One that are like, oh, this is a great journey. No, it's not going to be a great fucking journey. Just as it wasn't a great journey when they were on sailing ships from Europe to America. It was fucking hell. It's going (laughs) to suck. Yep. The only difference is when your ship actually gets there, instead of just stepping out on the ground and going, ah, let's kill all the Native Americans. They're going to get to Mars and it's going to be the same shit. They're not going to be able to go outside. Yeah. You know, so it's it's they sound NASA sound. And when I first read that quote, I was like, "This douchebag." But then you think about it, and you're like, "Fuck, that dude knows what he's talking about." Yeah. And um, I kind of agree with everything NASA's doing lately. I think they're in the right direction. If the funds keep coming in, like they are now, we'll start seeing some serious shit. But to quote Doc Brown, see some serious shit. <laughs> Let that click in your head real quick, Steve. Um, let's move along, though. We could, I'll, I, that's another thing I'll ramble on about all fucking night. Um, uh, I'll hey, read this one. You read this you one? Want. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. So, oh, yeah, I got to do the intro. Ha <laughs> yeah. um, Many times, people, companies, or someone does not, what? Does something that is straight up pitch. This is a section of the podcast called This Week's This Bitch. Um... So this bitch, uh, <laughs> this week is Radio Shack, um, and not just simply for closing. <laughs> no, because that's not a this bitch. I'm not gonna poke fun at anybody for going bankrupt. I will poke fun at them for doing this silly shit. Um, let's read the article. Radio, Radio Shack is no no more, and they want out, and they went out with more of a fizzle than a bang. Now they're trying to scrape up as much money as they possibly can. The Shack has asked a bankruptcy court to okay a second batch of batch of auctions to sell its assets, which includes customer data. PC World reports sensitive customer data could be up on the auction block for anyone to grab. Uh, at first, they stated 117 million individual customers would be losing some data to whoever wrote the check. That number was later dropped down to 67 million, however, because Radio Shack wasn't fooling anyone the first time. <laughs> They didn't have that many customers. Let's settle right. down. Yeah, let's let's calm down um, a little bit. Of course, there are a lot of people that don't want this to happen, namely Texas. The state of Texas is attempting to block the sale, citing Radio Shack's own in-store po- privacy policies as the reason. When the store was in business, they protected customer data like everyone else, but now they don't seem to really care much. Texas is asking the U.S. Bankruptcy Court of the District of Delaware, which is where the they filed bankruptcy, um, to force Radio Shack to disclose exactly what data uh, they are trying to sell and the exact number of people that would be affected. You have to hand it to Texas, though. They're not just fighting for Texas. They're fighting for America. Cue the fighter jets. <laughs> this America. <isn't>... <laughs> <laughs> you got to hand it to them, though, because Texas usually kind of keeps to themselves. Yeah. They handle their own business and basically everyone will fuck off. That's what... Texas could be its own country. They don't care. But they're kind of like, no, let's let's pump the brakes on this for a minute right um this isn't the first time radio shack wanted to sell this information either the personal data was on the block dur- during or on the auction block the f- during the first auction but the former retailer the former retailer withdrew the data 
from the auction for whatever reason. Um, it's safe to say that if anyone thought they had a change of heart based on a moral choice, those people were incorrect. <laughs> so essentially, to sum up, Radio Shack went broke. They closed down. And now they're sitting on all this customer data from who knows what, people buying cell phones and shit. And they're just willing to fucking sell it. Because they can get the and they and most companies are willing to pay top dollar for that information, regardless of whether it's outdated or not. A lot of it will lead to something, and then you know that's basically how it is. It's how you know. And we're talking companies like Google would buy it. Yeah, Microsoft would buy because you're basically you're buying their customer base. Yeah, you now know what they buy and what they like, and I'm not saying. No one's saying that's some fucking evil villain. Doctor Doom isn't going to swoop in and buy the customer data, but it's still it's he a could. privacy concern. Probably he could. won't. He could. Probably it's, won't. It's a um, it's a privacy concern and it's yeah. immoral and it really makes them look shitty, as it should. And I actually put a picture of Radio Shack's uh, old corporate office, and I put in the tag. Um, I bet I bet it's a Planet Fitness now. It kind of <laughs> looks like a Planet fi- Fitness. I don't know if you saw the. Uh, yeah, I did see that one yeah. out there. <laughs> so, um, Radio Shack is this bitch for the for the week, and so it is written, and so shall it be done. <laughs> uh, if you'd like to recommend a this bitch for the podcast, please recommend to us on Twitter at the Lazy Geeks using the hashtag this bitch. Well, we'd like to thank you guys for support. While we enjoy making these podcasts for you for free, all we ask is for you to rate us on iTunes and uh, Stitcher. Uh, you can even rate us on Tinder. I was about to say Tinder, and then I was like, Ooh. oh, wait, Stitcher. <laughs> we should uh, put a Lazy Geeks Tinder. <laughs> just with the logo. Uh, uh, um, uh, you can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Just look for the Lazy Geeks Network. Uh, we can, you can even go to the website, thelazygeeks.com, where you can see a lot of these stories, which I will be linking in the show notes, and let us know what you think. It only takes a couple of seconds and will help us out greatly. If you want to get in contact with us, you can like us or add us to your circle on Facebook or Google+, Plus, as well as hit us up on Twitter at the Lazy Geeks, one word, or send something to our mailbag at thegeeks at thelazygeeks.com. Well, that is it for uh, the Lazy Geeks podcast. Remember, we're thinking so you don't have to. I'm Stephen Vargas. I'm Adam Riley. Oh, peace out. <laughs> This has been a production of the Lazy Geeks Network, available only at thelazygeeks.com. Goodbye.